there, listeners. Long time no see. <laughs> Welcome back to Optiot. The podcast where we discuss underrepresented and underappreciated media. I'm your host, Jen. And I'm your host, Rachel. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while. I barely remembered what we were supposed to say at the beginning. <laughs> We do. Life, you know, happens. And unfortunately, we were on an uh, unexpected hiatus. (laughs) We just got real busy, guys. It's been a year, guys. (laughs) No, it hasn't. It's been about six months. No, I mean, it's just been like a hell of a year. It's been a hell of a year. Yeah, (laughs) it has. Yeah, I got a new job. It's like really demanding. I moved and then moved back. Yeah. So we we just had some really fun ideas that we really wanted to do for the holiday season. So we have kind of a three-parter coming your way. We'll see what happens. Maybe I I have a lot of movies to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, for the next couple weeks, we're going to be discussing holiday Christmas movies because, you know, it's that time of year. I really love these movies. I have a big soft spot in my heart for these types of movies. And I don't. Yeah, they're not good movies, but I I really enjoy the idea of them. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. I enjoy the idea of them. Not always the actual thing. The execution? Yeah. So in today's episode, Jen is going to discuss three of the Christmas romance movies that she has watched recently to me. And I'm going to react. And then we're gonna, then we have kind of a discussion about why all of these movies are so bad and why there are so few good ones. Mm-hmm. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter at Optiot. That's O-P-T-I-O-T. And we're on Instagram at Optiot Pod. You can also find us on our website. One person's trash is our treasure. Dot com. <laughs> it got kind of a makeover. Kind of. Kind of. It yeah. still doesn't look as professional as I'd like. <laughs> We'll work on it. Yeah, one of these days. <laughs> okay. With that out of the way, I hope you guys enjoy our discussion about three terrible Christmas romance movies. Yay! I ha- I'm i the one that had to watch them. And I had to listen to <laughs> your opinion of them. I'm a delight. <laughs> you are. So, my selection on Netflix is, like, a little limited. So, this one is called The Christmas Inheritance. It came out last year as well. And I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> this, okay. one, this one is actually one that I enjoyed more than the others. And I couldn't even really tell you why. Ellen Langford, played by Eliza Taylor, who is the main character in the CW show The 100, hmm. who I actually liked in this movie. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know why I say that surprised. <laughs> but I, I, I felt that she was charming. Ellen Langford, set to inherit father's gift business who I what? I don't know. It's a gift business. What does that entail? I like don't know. do they just wrap it's, your gifts for you cuz like first, you know it's, I think it's just like home goods. <laughs> like you know that store? Yeah. Or like or, or like you know when you go into a cracker barrel and like Right. Before you get into the restaurant, it's just a bunch of junk. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Or maybe it's like a hall. I mean, a Hallmark is kind of a gift, but I mean, it's a, minus the cards. So, yeah, uh, she's set to inherit her father's gift business, which is never elaborated on okay. about what it is. What? Um, she's labeled a party girl by the media. Why do the media know who she is? Um, Because her father's like a big shot CEO of this gift business. <laughs> It's like, apparently it's like, 
the equivalent of Tesla in the in the the world of this movie. What? Everybody kept No, I don't mean that like seriously. I just like the the extent that it seems like the public cares that she is like some party girl or whatever. It's like Okay. Okay. So she's labeled a party girl. I don't know why because the only time we see this happen is the beginning of the movie where they're holding a fundraiser in order to try to raise money for Toys for Tots. She is accepting dares from this shitty dude who's, like, I I guess, like, she used to be a gymnast or something, which, like, is never explored in the rest of the movie. It's just this one detail in the beginning of the movie. And so so he, like, dares her to do, like, a back handspring or something. I don't know what it, I, I don't know, gymnastics. And she does it, and then he's like, oh, I'll double it if you can vault that. And he points to, like, some fake train thing. And I she's, hate it. At fr- I know. At first she's like, oh, are you kidding? And and then everybody's like, do it! And so she, like, does it. And so then she, like, loses her balance and falls into a Christmas tree. Which I will point out that the only reason she lost her balance and it did not, like, land properly is because some woman, like, sees her uh, vaulting off of this thing and, like, walks into the room because she's looking for her and she walks into the room, sees her vaulting off of this thing and goes, Miss Langford! Just like that. (laughs) And it spooks her so bad that she, like, falls into the Christmas tree. What is, what is it, her old English governess come to collect (laughs) her because she escaped the nursery? I don't actually remember if it's ever explained who this woman is. She but she has something to do with the company or the charity or both. Of I don't course. know. But, and so then everybody's like snapping pictures of her like on the ground after she fell into this Christmas tree. And then it's like, ooh, party girl. It's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Whatever. I'll, I'll get into it. So she's labeled a party girl. And then the reputation of the, the image of the this gift business is tarnished. So she feels really bad. And she says to her dad, like, tell me what to do. I'll make it up to you. I want to fix this. I want to make it up to the business. You know, whatever. I'll, I'll do anything. And her dad's like, I know there's a tradition in this business of me and the co-founder writing Christmas letters to each other and hand delivering them. And you're going to hand deliver this Christmas letter for me. I in the town, town called Snow Falls. Is it perpetually winter there? <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. It's never I don't I don't know that it's ever said where this town is. Well, if it isn't perpetually winter there, that's a real dumb name. A lot of the names of the places in these types of movies are really stupid. So, she's sent on this task to deliver this letter and um she meets this guy. <laughs> right. Another another thing in these movies is like the um it's like the chance meeting mm-hmm. of something happens like oh oops I accidentally ran over your suitcase. Oh well, I'll just smirk and chuckle about it cuz I'm the male romantic lead and I'm over here and I'm the female romantic lead and I'm going to be just really peeved about it. And then all of a sudden we're going to like be in the same place and we're going to be like it's you. Coincidence yeah. like yeah. that kind of thing that happens a lot in these movies. So this taxi driver runs over one of her bags of luggage, and um, then he gives her a ride to the hotel that she's going to stay at, which is owned by her uncle, but her uncle isn't there, so she can't give the letter to him. But the taxi driver is actually the manager of the hotel. <laughs> what? It's a very small town, I guess, and there's only one taxi driver. Is he just, like, no lift Christmas and no money Uber? or whatever? Just, huh? He just wants some Christmas money? Is that what's going on? No, he's the, well, he's the manager of the hotel, and I guess the taxi driver works for the hotel, and it's the only taxi in the town, and he's not there that day. It's 
pretty contrived. So she stays in the <laughs> your face right now. <laughs> So she stays in this hotel. It's almost worse hearing them. <laughs> it probably is. It's that's almost the, worse. Like, that's the reason why I wanted to do this, because I think it is worse hearing them. Like, I can't imagine <laughs> how this is happening. Even me saying this out loud, I'm having, like, an existential crisis because I kind of enjoyed this movie. <laughs> but as I'm explaining it, I'm like, what the fuck did I watch? <laughs> so she stays in this hotel. Waiting for her uncle to get back from his... I don't know. They they talk a lot about how sometimes he just wanders off for a few days. Okay. So... On accident? Like, is he a little senile? No. No. So she gets to know this manager of the hotel. This this guy. I guess he, like, does this charity thing every year for Christmas. Or, like, the hotel does... So, like, she, it's, it's again, a trope of spoiled, you know, rich person goes to a small town, learns the meaning of Christmas slash the charm of small town life or something. Like, so she falls in love with this small town and, like, oh, I want to help people. Which, by the way, if, if the movie sets out to paint her initially as, like, a spoiled, stuck-up person, they do not do a good job of it. Because I never got that from her in the beginning. Apart from a couple, like, really weird moments where she got on a bus and tried to press the call button like she was on a flight. Which... What? I, I don't know. It, they did a very bad job illustrating if she was supposed to be, like, completely removed from, like, regular <laughs> life. <laughs> which, which that interaction seemed to... It just didn't make sense. Well, yeah, they don't have, like, the capacity to take this character who's so intrinsically unlikable yeah and then make her like relatable to the women watching this who want to fantasize about i it, guess, I guess. <laughs> not i guess not but like so anyway they just do a bad job with it and it's you know these movies are really formulaic and i that's what happens in these yeah. movies so she uses her gift business skills to help get a bunch of items for this like silent auction that's going on and obviously, in the process, she falls in love with the main guy, and he with the falls taxi in love driver. With her, yes, that's with the taxi driver. <laughs> with the taxi driver who wasn't there that first day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Better movie. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Listen, there are parts of it that are kind of fun. There is a guest star who I gave a five out of five. Uh, would watch again because of Andy McDowell, who is. If you saw her face, you maybe would recognize her i recognize the name yeah sometimes sometimes these movies have guest stars that are sometimes like seemingly random and like super weird and out of place that sort of strikes me as the film equivalent of those authors who like haven't been able to write their own book in a while so they take on the novelization of like a tv show or a movie or something yeah yeah i don't know it's it's really weird that this is like a thing that regularly happens in these movies but she is great she's a great actress and she i found her to be delightful in this movie she is a baker she's the main male love interest's aunt and they're very close and at a certain point ellen the the female lead lies and says that she's a baker oh that's the other thing she has to lie about who she is i cannot believe i forgot to say that I cannot believe I forgot to say that she has to lie about who she is. She, Why? It's part of the, it's, well, it's part of her thing. The tradition is that she has to go on this trip and survive on only $100 and cannot take her credit cards, which is ludicrous. 
In this day and age. Is she, wait, is she supposed to, like, pay for her room and board with $100? Because I really a hotel, don't know. A hotel room is, like, in a hotel that is, I'm assuming, a five-star hotel, like, would be at least $300. It's not a five-star hotel. Is it a motel? Like, a dirty motel where it smells no, like cigarettes like a, and alcohol? It's like a, um, <laughs> it's like a small town inn, kind of. Oh, like a bed and breakfast? Kind of. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Mm. But, I mean, her uncle owns it, so, like, I don't know if the idea is that if he was there, she wouldn't have to pay for it, but he's not there, so she does have to pay for it. And in doing so, because she can't say who she is, and, and you know, she only has $100. Oh, my God. Does she get a job? She does, I yeah. fucking hate this movie. <laughs> she, because... Okay, she has to lie about who she is because... If people know who she is, they'll treat her differently. And the whole point of this is for her to learn a lesson. Because she was trying to raise money for charity by doing gymnastics. Okay. What a what horrible person weird, she is. What is this weird contrived cr- like tradition? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. It has something to do with the way the company started. And it's like sentimental. Whatever. Um, so no, it's stupid. And it's a bad <laughs> tradition. I know. So yes, so she she cannot tell them who she is. So she lies and says that she's a baker. And then the guy is like, oh, great. I have an idea then. You can work with my aunt and that'll somehow offset the cost of your room in this hotel. Whatever. We'll go with it. Also, when you like get a hotel room, don't you have to give your ID? It's like or a, it's I guess like you have to give like a breakfast. credit card. Oh. Well, it's... It's 2017. Listen, I know. I know. I'm Whatever. Not say, I'm not saying it makes sense. <laughs> oh, my God. So she starts working with this woman, this his aunt, and it lasts a very short amount of time before she's like, I know who you are. And then she's like, please don't tell anyone. And the aunt is like, I'm going to teach you how to bake. Now, it's super dumb, but it's kind of charming. Uh, side note, the guy is an artist because, of course, he is. He has this, like, back room in the... Oh, inn. my God. Does Is there a scene where he's, like, covered in paint and he, like, wipes his face and a piece of... Or, like, a streak of paint ends up on his face? No, I don't think so. Ugh. So now I'm... I'm... I feel robbed of that. So thank you. God damn it. Um, But he does take her to see some ice sculptures that he designed. And then they almost kiss. And then she's like, oh, I can't. Oh, because also she has a fiance, which he should not have been a part of the... At this point in the recording, Rachel started screaming so loud that the audio is unlistenable. To be clear, she wasn't actually saying anything. She was just screaming into the microphone. <laughs> I don't know why he existed. He was a very shallow character. I feel very bad for this man who just, like, didn't have... I don't understand what his purpose was. He also, at one point, comes to Snow Falls and is all, like, jealous of, like, oh, you're really cozy with him, huh? And she's like, whatever, don't worry about it. I don't know. <laughs> It fucking sucks. But obviously, like, I don't know why she was ever with this guy, because from the beginning of the movie, she's never shown to be, like, a bad person. And this guy... Also, does she, do you ever see her with him? Yeah, in the beginning of the movie. Oh, okay. For, like, a second when she's packing. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <sighs> Just tell me this. Does this movie end with a fucking marriage or an engagement? No. Oh, thank I don't think God. So. I don't think it... They don't get married. I don't think they get engaged. Okay. That might be why I have... <laughs> a more positive feeling about this movie than others that I've seen. So it's a mess, but I will give the the couple, like, the the amount that I, like, w- like wanted them to be together, it's like a four out of five. Pretty decent 
score. They were on screen together a lot. I understood why they liked each other. You know, it wasn't like they were separated for the movie or whatever. Like, the plot put them together, and it, like, it made sense, and they had decent chemistry, and the actors were good. It's pretty solid. The characters are, like, a two out of five. Because, like I said, they're drawn so poorly. I don't understand if we were supposed to think that previously she was, like, a spoiled, stuck-up person. Because she never seemed it. She, from the beginning of the movie, seemed to care about her job and her dad's business want to make a good impression and not be a stuck-up asshole, like, is the trope of, like, oh, here's this rich person, they're a stuck-up asshole. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But maybe she was a little out of it. Like, maybe she was a little, like, like I said, she tried to press a call button on a bus. But (laughs) that doesn't inherently make her a a bad person or anything. You know what I mean? So that was confusing. And then, like, you know, a lot of the other characters were, like, one-dimensional or I didn't understand why they were there and... So that was just a mess. And then it was just a more simple plot than, like, The Christmas Prince. There were a lot less moving parts. So you could Alarming focus. to hear that I, from what you've told me. I know, but, like, but like some of the stuff that I that I mentioned, like, they don't spend a whole lot of time on. It's, it's pretty much just, like, her in this town trying to get by on $100, not being able to tell anybody who she is. So then, yeah, she has to, like, work in this bakery and, like, she, she wants to help out this guy in the inn and like there's like a snowstorm that happens at one point and um the hotel manager like goes out into the storm to like shuttle people into to the inn because i guess like the shelters are full and stuff and then there was a homeless well and there there was a homeless guy earlier in the movie they walked past him and the guy gave him money and she was like my fiance says you shouldn't do that and they like had this interesting back and forth about it where they like disagreed so when the snowstorm happens and she sees him bringing people in and she's like inspired by it and so she goes out which everybody's like, where'd she go? Oh, no, because it's a big storm. Ugh, we're worried. It's snow falls. <laughs> it's where snow falls. <laughs> and so, so she brings back this homeless man to, to keep him safe and warm from the storm. And it's so, kind of so, nice. Yeah. So what you're saying is if you suspend your disbelief about the stupidity of yes. the thing, like the conclusions or the sequence of events is at least logical. If you suspend, if you yes. suspend your disbelief about the stupid tradition. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that you need to kind of brush under the rug in this movie in order to enjoy it. But I kind of did because, again, like, it made sense why they liked each other. It was like shown, like I said, like they had that disagreement. Then they talked about his art. She saw him being kind to the people and bringing them in. And then she was like, oh, I'll share my room with this single mother and her daughter. And he was, like, charmed by that. And so, like, like, they actually got to show why they liked each other, which is not always the case with these movies. Yeah, certainly not in A Christmas Prince. No. So I would give that one a shot if you're looking for something. I don't know. I mean, it's bad, but... Yeah, I mean... (laughs) But what do you want? Yeah. (laughs) Like... So yeah, so that's A Christmas Inheritance. The next one that I'm going to talk about is a movie called The Holiday Calendar. This is another Netflix movie. Why are you making a face? Because we watched the trailer for that one. Oh, right. And I I just, I think I said to you, like, what the fuck is this movie even about? (laughs) And then I said yes. (laughs) Because I had already watched it. (laughs) 
Okay, so this one came out this year. It came out um, early November, and it's another Netflix movie. It is about a photographer named Abby. You remember how I told you that the people in these movies always have, like, quirky, cute jobs? Yeah. <laughs> they do. Uh, a gift-giving business. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Yeah. It's uh, pretty dumb. So she's a photographer. She's played by Kat Graham, who you pointed out was uh, in the CW's Vampire Diaries. I really liked her in this movie a lot. So Abby, the photographer, she's stuck in this job that she hates where she's essentially taking like Christmas card pictures for like a JCPenney. <laughs> kind of. It's like not JCPenney, but it's like a department store. It's not even really a department store. It seems like a smaller town than that. So it doesn't fully make sense to me. But whatever. It's like that kind of job. And okay. she hates it. Of course, because she's a real artist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, yes. I know. I know what's going on. <laughs> yes, exactly. 100%. She hates it. She has a photographer friend. Who's more successful than her. Yes. He is the man in the You know the movie. what we should do? I should just guess what's going to happen <laughs> yes, in this movie. Let's do that. I fucking love it. Okay. Okay. So he is like, he like travels the world, like taking pictures, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's like a trust fund kid or like what, what allows him to do this. It's, I don't know that it's ever really explained. If it was, I wasn't paying attention. And then he comes home and um, they're all excited. They've known each other for like a long time, I guess, like since they were kids. And he's like super familiar with her family and her family's very charming. And um, here's where the movie starts to fall off the rails. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because her grandfather gives her a calendar, like an advent calendar, and it's magic. Okay. But not clear from the trailer from what I saw. No, not really. No. <laughs> because magic is also is another, like, common thing in these movies. Uh, it usually comes in the form of either a ghost, an angel, or just generic Christmas magic. <laughs> Okay. Like Santa Claus or some, something about Christmas. Ooh, magic. <laughs> she takes this advent calendar home. I don't even... It's so fucking weird the way that it's magic that I don't even... It's not even worth talking about. So I'm not going to. It's just... It like kind of tells the future, but not really. What? It's really... It's awful. And uh, listen, in fairness, I am not a big fan of like magic in these movies anyway i usually skip those i like the ones that are like oh she's a baker and she falls in love with this guy maybe i'm a little biased i don't know but (laughs) (laughs) but um so yeah this calendar it made me so mad because the beginning of the movie had a lot of potential i would give the acting in this movie a four out of five i really liked her i liked the main guy too her family was charming you know, I mean, there were some side characters who were, like, weren't as great, but pretty solid, especially for one of these types of movies, which, okay, I direct you back to the stock friends at A Christmas Prince. Yes. Um, so I, when, when the, when the movie started and I was like, oh, I get it. They're, like, friends and it's going to be how they, like, realize the, that they're in love with each other around Christmas time. I'm charmed by that and that they're likable and they have chemistry. All right. I'm, like, ready for this. And then the calendar happens. And then it's literally impossible for me to describe. You know how an advent calendar works? Yeah. So every morning she wakes up and one of the doors is open. Like, she can't open them manually. So every morning she wakes up and one of the doors is open. And there's, like, a little toy inside. So the first day it happens on December 1st, she opens it up and it's a pair of boots. And she's like, boots, weird. For the first couple days, she doesn't seem to question why the doors are opening by themselves. She just thinks it's on a timer or something, which doesn't make any sense. 
and and then she like has lunch with her friend, her male photographer friend, and um, he gives her a pair of boots for Christmas that he got in Italy because again he's a world traveler photographer, and it's cute, it's cute, whatever. And I, that was when I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> right? Sure. Because it sounds like the magic part is dumb, but whatever. It could be cute. So, like, that's how the calendar works. Every day, something different is in the advent calendar. I've got to say, this would make an amazing horror movie. Oh, my God, it would. Like. Oh, my God, it really would. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, as you're telling me, I'm like, oh, this is really creepy. It's really upsetting, right? Yeah. But then also, like, it gives her the wrong impression of, like, what is supposed to happen in her life, which is, like, dumb. And then you get into all sorts of, like, <sighs> debates about, like, fate and whatever. It's, it's fucking, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. It's was it, not... Was it reaching for something that it could not have grasped at? No, it didn't. That That's just my own, like... Oh, okay. It has these implications. It doesn't... The, the movie itself doesn't pose any questions, any interesting questions. <laughs> it's just that the way the calendar works has these implications that I have so many questions about. So she kind of starts to catch on to, oh, the calendar is showing me things that are, like, relevant to that day. And so she's driving along one day and a Christmas tree falls off of another car and hits her car. And so they stop and it's this guy and they flirt. And then I don't think he asks her out then. I think they meet another time. But but then I was very confused because I was like, oh, I thought I was going to watch a cute movie about, like, two friends realizing that they're in love, whatever. And now there's, like, this other guy, which I'm very uninterested in. Like, I'm very uninterested in the idea of a love triangle. Mm -hmm. And so then she, like, dates him for a while. And I don't know how she could be taking cues from the calendar, because, like, it doesn't really work like that. But at the same time, she kind of is. And at a certain point, she starts ignoring it. And she's, like, dating this guy for a while. And then because of this... Her and the male photographer friend, who, spoiler alert, is the romantic love interest of the movie, the the lead, <laughs> they end up not spending a lot of time on screen in Acts 2 and 3 together, which, like, completely undercuts the idea of them falling in love. Like, okay, you have the idea of their history, but you don't really know anything about it other yeah. than that it existed. And, like, they had chemistry, but that's not enough to carry through that m- long without them having like significant screen ca- screen time together. So yeah. she's dating this guy and they like argue and like they're not compatible. They're not right together. So she, she breaks up with him and then her grandfather tells a story about how like she like goes to him and asks about the calendar and he like tells a story about how it was it was um his wife's calendar, her grandmother's calendar and it brought her to him. Okay. It did the same thing that it's doing for Abby. But it brought her to a different guy? Well, here's here's the thing that I don't fucking understand about this movie is that then she she has this like epiphany where she realizes that it's been trying the calendar's been trying to bring her to this friend guy the whole time. And like, okay. oh, I misinterpreted this toy. <laughs> I don't have the language to describe what this movie is. <laughs> She's like, oh, I misinterpreted this toy. It wasn't supposed to mean this. It was supposed to mean this. It's it's just like, it's a lot. And it's like, it doesn't fully make sense. I kind of get what they were trying to do. Yeah, actually, it's, it's really interesting from my perspective hearing you describe it. Because what you've described actually kind of sounds like an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Like... I did not see the execution of this really terrible Christmas calendar, this magic Christmas calendar, 
because that was an idea they had and someone gave a green light on. And um, it's actually interesting hearing you describe it from my perspective because it actually sounds kind of interesting. It sounds like it could work, but I didn't see it executed. So it's so interesting because like you edit things in your head, right? Absolutely. Here's the thing. I've forgotten a lot about this movie. I skipped over a lot of the boring parts because by the end of the movie, I was bored as fuck. Yeah, I, I could get that. Yeah, like that. There's a whole. I don't even want to get into it. Okay, because it's there's no because there's no point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like it's nothing. It, yeah. did, it had no bearing on the movie whatsoever. Yeah, I was gonna ask you like if this calendar weren't a part of the movie, would it matter? I don't know. the The calendar or the movie would maybe have you believe that it wouldn't. But I don't know. That's what I'm saying about like it. The movie doesn't pose any questions, but it has a lot of implications of like what would have happened or what was supposed to happen or like you know what I mean. The calendar didn't make this guy's Christmas tree fall on her car and the calendar didn't make them meet up again and him ask for her number Mm. you know what i mean yeah like you know if they had actually tried posing those questions it would have been maybe a more interesting movie maybe Uh, i don't know i just don't know i wanted i wanted the the other guy not to exist and i just wanted to watch a movie about these two friends like realizing they have feelings for each other that would have been cute i was ready to watch that they were both charming i didn't actually care for this the the other guy who was like smarmy and weird Mm. okay so i guess what i'm wondering is in your opinion what would have been an alternative source of tension in the movie if guy number two weren't there is the calendar enough like if if we have to i mean the movie is called the holiday calendar (laughs) so i mean maybe it could have just been hijinks with the calendar that they could have dealt with together i don't know i don't know because like then the big conflict of the movie is like they don't spend any time together because she's dating this other guy and then he wants to go to a movie with her and another friend of his and he's like it's like really important to him and she's like i'll be there i'll be there and then she goes on a date with this other guy and completely forgets and like he's mad at her and everything Mm. but and again by this point they haven't really been on screen together very much like at all and of course then there's like the photography subplot which i I wish were a bigger part of the movie that would have been more interesting like acts this guy and this like weird thing of of her i guess thinking that the calendar I don't know, because the calendar wasn't telling her to do anything. Like, she had free will to do with the information what she would. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it wasn't... Right. Like, it it was her interpreting... Yeah, it was, like, just saying, like, boots. Right. And and she was like, (laughs) okay, I got boots. Yeah. (laughs) But it it was, like, I mean, it's the equivalent of, like, astrology or something. Yeah. Like... That's so frustrating, because that could have been a really interesting movie. Right? It could have. You know? Like... I I think I agree with you that if they had, you know, just completely nixed the nixed guy number two and just made it about her and her bonding with this guy in Over trying, this magic calendar. Yeah, uh, trying to figure out what the calendar is trying to say. And yeah. then maybe, maybe at the end. Maybe it, having something to do with the her photography thing. Because, again, that's yeah. a subplot. That's like the C plot. Yeah. Which is then, kind of wild. And then at the end, like, it could have, you know, brought them to a place where they hung out when they were friends as kids and they realized they're in love and Cute. end of the movie. Love it. You Cute. know, like, yeah, it that would have been way more concise and it would have avoided the obnoxious love triangle mm-hmm. and it could have 
been a fine movie. Yeah. It's so weird that they force tension in these movies that yeah. doesn't need to be there. Instead, there's, like, drama that happens with the photography subplot that all of a sudden becomes the most important plot in the movie, even though it hasn't been for the first seven-eighths of it. Mm. And then there's this studio space that she wants, but she'll never be able to afford. And, of course, at the end of the movie, the friend, like, buys it for them to share together. You make that face because you're unfamiliar with the the idea that all of these movies end that way. <laughs> There's always one of them, usually the heroine, um, has this, like, dream, usually having to do with, like, her profession. Like, she wants to have a photography studio, or she wants to buy land for her family's farm, or... Or she wants to be a journalist and then quits her job and just becomes a princess. (laughs) Yep. Because that's, you know, related. Yep, exactly. (laughs) And then by the end of the movie, somehow, like, the guy, like, buys it for her. Ugh, whatever. Yeah, it's kind (laughs) of... So anyway, I found this to be the, well, actually, you know what? A Christmas Prince was more um, disappointing than this movie. Really? Well, probably because I had, I think I had a little bit more expectations for A Christmas Prince because it was so popular when it came out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, it must be halfway decent. Then it wasn't. So maybe that was the most disappointing. But The Holiday Calendar was the second most disappointing because in the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, this seems cute. Mm -hmm. And then it just like completely went downhill and got boring. And I don't know what the plot was. Hmm. So, two out of five for plot. There's no point for anything. Hmm. And then the last one we're going to talk about in this episode (laughs) is a movie called Christmas in the Smokies, which uh, is a movie from October of 2015. Why are you making that face? Just the title. It was confusing. All these titles are fucking weird, man. What are you... (laughs) So, okay. I'm going to just, like... Go for it. Riff here. Okay. Um, She owns a ranch... (laughs) <laughs> keep going am i wrong well not technically okay she's either going to lose it or she doesn't want it <laughs> uh dude shows up and he wants to buy it or he works on it um, when do you want me to jump in when i'm wrong okay you, that was wrong okay damn it okay <laughs> okay so Christmas in the Smokies. Shelby, played by Sarah Lancaster, who I actually quite like. She was the sister on the show called Chuck with Zachary Levi. Anyway, she was the sister and I've always found her to be um, charming. So Shelby dreams of expanding her family's farm. Uh, But she has to save it. Because, because, like, in the beginning, it's very strange. In the beginning of the movie, she's, like, seen dreamily looking over, a, a, like, land that she, like, wants to buy. And then all of a sudden, the bank is like, surprise, you owe us thousands of dollars. And she's like, huh? <laughs> I don't really understand that part of it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But it also, like, I think they were trying to do a thing, and it's a wonderful life thing. There's a character in It's a Wonderful Life. His name is Mr. Potter, and he's like he's like this big business guy. Oh God! Does he want to put a mall over her ranch? <laughs> I think it's a, I don't remember what it. Maybe it's not a mall, but it's something like yeah. e- equivalent. This Mr. Potter esque character, who's like this trope, I assume comes from It's a Wonderful Life. I don't really know, but it's like the type of guy. He's like this business guy who's completely money hungry. All he cares about is making money. He doesn't give a shit about like poor people and like people suffering and like you know he, he just wants to like squeeze them for as much money as they're worth so there's they, they have a mr potter like character in this movie who like doesn't have a lot of bearing on the plot he's just kind of there to give a reason for why her farm is in jeopardy pretty much at one point i felt like maybe they were trying to do something more with him but like they didn't have time so i don't know whatever mm-hmm. it doesn't matter is she missing both her parents no they're both alive 
Wow. I know. So, I, I don't understand, like, bank shit. It doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it would make sense, and I just don't get it. But it doesn't seem to make sense of why she had no idea that there were thousands of dollars in debt to the bank. So, anyway, she has to save it. However, her ex comes to town. Did he leave and go to California and become rich? Kind of. <laughs> He's a country music superstar. I hate it! <laughs> I didn't watch this movie for the longest time. I, I would I would see it on the, like, like, I think I saw it last year, and I was like, I don't want to watch that. That sounds like not my thing. Does he help her give birth to an animal? No. Oh, I wish he oh, did. Man. Does he have to milk a cow? No. What? I know. What bullshit. Oh, man. I mean, presumably at some point in his life, he probably milked a cow because he's from this small town. I guess. Um, And they they dated when they were like teenagers, I guess. And she has never gotten over it, held a grudge ever since because apparently he just like dipped, (laughs) left. So, okay. And I have to mention that his introduction to the movie is him being on a holiday edition of some type of Dancing with the Stars show where they're doing like country dances like i don't know if it's supposed to be like line dancing or square dancing or whatever but it's very bad and i mean that in all possible ways i mean that in like the meta way i mean it in like the character makes a fool out of himself way it's all a mess it's just the most not the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen because that's in one of the other movies that we're not going to talk about yet but it's very bad it like hurt his image Right, because it's like it made it made it seem like he didn't care about the show because it was like for charity or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever. So he goes back to the small town looking for like an image revamp. And by the way, this movie gets a three point five out of five for acting, which might be a little high because the only person I really enjoyed was her, and then a two out of five for the plot because honestly, it was fucking boring again. I mean, here's the, like, trade-off of, like, your Christmas Prince versus your holiday calendar or Christmas in the Smokies. Because Christmas Prince has way too much going on. But the other ones are boring. Hmm. Holiday calendar is an outlier because it has stuff going on. It's just, what? But this one, like, it doesn't have as much going on. And it it lost me. It completely lost my interest. Hmm. And maybe that's, like, personal, too. Because, like, I didn't really care about the idea of the plot anyway. Like, I wasn't really hooked. It wouldn't It wouldn't really be a movie that I would seek out if we weren't doing this. Yeah. Um, so, like, bear that in mind. But at the same time, I just found it kind of lackluster. Yeah. Uh, plot-wise. Yeah, I honestly don't even remember the, very much about the second half of the movie. However, it does get a 5 out of 5 on something. Handsomeness of the hero. <laughs> He's very handsome. Is he? He's very handsome. Are we talking handsome Igor? See, okay... Here's the thing. He's called back to uh, <laughs> to our episode about last ep- last year's Christmas episode. Yeah, <laughs> he's okay. Handsome Igor was like nice to look at. This guy is not nice to look at. He's handsome in a way that is like it hurts, and I don't mean it in like a in like a cute internet. Oh, you're so handsome, it hurts kind of way. Like in, I mean it in like, like a- Ian Somerhalder, how like. He's kind of ugly because he's attractive. He's so attractive. No, he's uh, this. This man is like objectively handsome. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 let me pull up a picture of him. Maybe you'll disagree, but I, I he's very handsome. He just like it's. I don't want to look at him because of it. What? And not in like a self-deprecating way. I mean, like it genuinely hurts. I can't explain this very well. <laughs> he's very handsome. 
What? I'm so confused. You've never felt that way about anybody? I I guess I'm struggling to understand what you mean. You're not going to agree with me. You don't know. It's also different when he's, like, moving (laughs) somehow. His smile, too. And, like, his jaw is very sharp. See, I wouldn't have chosen that picture. Because I think he looks more handsome in other pictures that I'm seeing. (laughs) Now Rachel's just scrolling through Google Images. I think he's handsome. I don't find him anywhere near as attractive as Handsome Igor. Handsome Igor is, like, nice handsome. It's really hard to explain. Oh, I mean, like, classically handsome. No, I just mean, like, I want to look at him. I don't want to look at this man. (laughs) That's a compliment? No, it's not. But it is. He's... (laughs) I just, I don't know how to express this, okay, like, listeners. this, like, experience that I had while I was watching this movie. It might be something about his eyes. His eyes are, like, very blue and, like, striking. So, they're, like, they're piercing. They're very striking. Listeners, please look up Alan Powell to, to so you can uh, judge Jen along with me. No, but it's, like, <laughs> it's different if you watch the movie. Like, put on, put on the movie, find a part where he's being, like, hands, handsome. <laughs> find a <laughs> where like he's doing something and like talking to her or whatever and then tell me what you think because like I I don't know how to explain it I don't I don't mean that he's the most handsome man I've ever seen I just mean like the way in which he is handsome uh, wounds me (laughs) and not in like a oh I'm I'm swooning it's like not in that kind of way at all it's in a in a (laughs) it's in an unpleasant way I okay. sound I sound like a maniac. You do. <laughs> I I think he's like an attractive guy. I just don't get where you're coming from at all. I have to turn on this movie for you so you can see him like in action. Okay, maybe maybe later. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just trying to explain to you my experience. And my experience was that every time he was on screen, I had to look slightly away. <laughs> Jesus. Judge me all you want. I don't care. I will. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. He comes back to the small town and he, like, obviously knows her family because they dated back in the day. And um, her dad, like, invites him over for dinner. And she's, like, when he gets there, she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Kind of understandably, because, like, if my dad invited my ex-boyfriend over who, like, left without any warning and broke my fucking heart, like, (laughs) invited him over for dinner, I would be pretty fucking pissed, too. Yeah. Also, she, like, just found out that her family might lose the farm. So she's, like, pissed. And he, I think he, like, asks if he can stay, like, while he's in town. And she's like, no. And then she leaves. And then she comes back and she goes, all right, fine, you can stay. But you're going to have to pay for room and board. And I hate it. It's going to be, like, $5,000 a month. Is that okay? So he doesn't have to work on the farm. I don't think he ever works on the farm with her. That's a bummer, though. Is it? I think that, I mean, they wouldn't have executed it well, so never mind. No, they wouldn't have. <laughs> but I, it, it could have been fun. I guess. Um, They clash. She doesn't trust him. But there's this, like, spark between them that they cannot fight. And her friend is like, oh, I see a twinkle in your eye every time you look at him. And this is exactly <laughs> how she says it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the listeners could have seen your <laughs> arm movements while you were talking about that. Magical. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the idea is supposed to be that they, like, can't resist each other or something. I don't know. He obviously, like, still has a thing for her. Like, it's very obvious. And, like, is trying to get her to forgive him. So, anyway, they decide to 
hold a charity concert on the farm to raise money to save the farm that he will perform at. And then there's this weird, there's like a very short montage of them like setting up for it, I guess. And then there's this weird plot point where he gets offered a gig somewhere two days before the concert or something. And like, he's gonna, he's gonna go perform at it. And he like lets her know. And she's like really pissed because it means that he could miss the concert. And she's like, this is important to me. Like, it's my family's farm. I'm gonna lose it. And he's like, whoa. And eventually he comes around. It's very short lived conflict that happens. And like, she's right. Like he could get like snowed in somewhere or something and not be able to come back, which I actually maybe could have made for kind of an interesting <laughs> plot point. I don't know. But um, anyway, so he decides not to go with like very little persuasion. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which I guess is supposed to be, oh, he really loves her. But like, no, that was dumb. <laughs> it was, yeah. Like, really stupid. Anyway, they hold the concert and somehow raise enough money for the thousands of dollars that they're in debt for, even though tickets were $15 a head and, like, children got in free and, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. But they, oh, they also, like, get a deal with some supermarket for their jam to be sold, <laughs> I guess, which, like, what is, what is which, like farm puts do? them. I, it's a berry farm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't care. I didn't give a shit about him. I liked her. I didn't really care about her parents and not, nothing mattered. <laughs> nothing mattered. That's that's Christmas in the Smokies. Okay. So, as we discussed, it's obviously different watching the movie and watching the execution of it than hearing it described for you. Yeah, I mean, definitely. In all of the movies, you've told me some absolutely ridiculous things, yeah. but nothing that sounds like it would be a Christmas prince. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts in A Christmas Prince. Yeah. So, like, why are these movies bad? Why? Yeah. Like, why what do they have to be bad? Why? Why aren't they? I've seen decent, you know, fluff movies. One that comes to mind is ABC Family's My Fake Fiance, starring um, Melissa Joan Hart, who was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It was on ABC Family slash Freeform a lot back when I had cable. <laughs> so, like, we're talking 2010, 2011, or something. Yeah. Actually, not a terrible movie. It, I wouldn't call it, you know, 10 out of 10 or a 5 out of 5, mm -hmm. but it was completely watchable. You know, I, in fact, have watched it many times mm. and I don't like romance movies. Yeah. And it is a romance movie <laughs> with a very tropey plot. There's another movie that was from ABC Family called My Future Boyfriend. Once again, this isn't exactly a good movie, but I watched it and I was like, this was entertaining. It's about a dude from the future. And Ooh. in the future, humans have evolved to the point where their society no longer requires like human connection because they just grow everyone in test tubes or something. So he finds in an old tin a romance novel and he is, you know, infatuated with this idea of love. So he goes back in time to find the person who wrote this novel so he can learn what love is and he meets her and he falls in love with her and you know she has a fiance or whatever and the ending is very problematic mm. but i actually really enjoyed this movie mm -hmm. it sounds dumb but it sounds fun it was fun and that was the thing like i'm like i'm saying these aren't like great movies yeah but they're watchable mm -hmm. You get a certain enjoyment out of a movie like this that you maybe wouldn't get from something else. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. Yeah. And honestly, like, that's what it's for, you know? Yeah. Like, not everything has to be Citizen Kane. Yeah. So it really just makes me wonder, 
why are all of these romance Christmas movies so bad? I don't know, because they don't have to be. No, they really don't. They really, like, like we've been talking about this entire time. You take some things out and or add some things in, and they become less ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they become more concise. Yeah. Like, these screenwriters oh all my need God. to just, like, learn about the hero's journey. Yeah, but also, a common problem with these scripts is that there is a lot of, like, completely unnecessary dialogue in these movies. These are loose scripts. Mm-hmm. These are, like... I And I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like, the heroine will leave a scene... And then the camera will stay on this side character in that scene for, like, another 30 seconds or so as they talk about something completely inconsequential that, like, doesn't... I don't care. I don't give a shit. This dialogue has no business being a part of this movie. There's a lot of unnecessary dialogue in these movies. And I don't understand why. The problems with these movies is it just... Does it continue to be a part of these movies because it's what we've come to expect from them? Because I don't think that's fair. No, I don't think that's fair either because I would really be interested in watching more of these movies if I knew I wasn't going to be getting what you got. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And it's such a shame because I really do love romance novels. Not all romance novels. Mm -hmm. But it'd be nice if I could get, you know, the experience that I got out of my fake fiancé or my future boyfriend out of these movies, but yeah. they're so messy. It's like, and I can't get immersed in the story because it's such a mess. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was talking to my friend at work, and she, like, criticized me for picking apart A Christmas Prince, she was like, you know, you, just, you don't you don't question it. You just watch it. And I, like, that's fine if you can do that. Like, that's fine. I don't judge anyone for it. But, I, like... Okay. I do that to a certain extent with these movies, because you kind of you have to shut off a little bit of your brain. Sure. Like, but, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. Um, sometimes you need that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I get that a little bit with these movies, but that doesn't mean that they can't be good movies. That doesn't, I, exactly. that doesn't mean that they can't make sense. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and it doesn't mean that you can't have real moments of connection between the hero and the heroine. Yeah. You know? I, it really is so interesting having heard just the plots, but then having you say, like, it did, like, they had no chemistry or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because from what you describe, those movies should edit together better than they seem to have. Yeah. You know? But, like, they just completely blew the execution. These movies are so formulaic. They are so fucking stop it. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you do. I get it. Some tropes are fun and enjoyable and whatever. But... You can't just mash together a bunch of tropes because it's what's been done and what works before. Exactly. And, like, vomit it out and expect it to be good because it's not going to be. Exactly. I totally agree. You know, it really bums me out because these don't have to be bad. No. You know, they don't need... I've seen decent ones. I know I have. Yeah. The thing is, you don't need a big budget. You don't need the top-billed actors of Hollywood. You don't need the biggest names or the best talent. You don't need the best cinematographer ever. All you really need is a decent story and Mm -hmm. the rest is all gravy in my opinion yeah unless the actors are like god awful (laughs) because honestly despite the fact that some of the acting is god awful and the music for these movies is always cheesy and almost unbearable and sometimes the production quality is pretty yikesy the biggest and most consistent thing that falls through is the script it's always the problem I have with these movies. Yeah, it, it just bums me out. You know, as a as a writer, I just don't see any excuse for it. And 
unfortunately, this is something that we're seeing more and more in movies. Mm-hmm. I'm not the first person to say that, like, TV is the new movie, mm-hmm. you know, is, is the new movies or whatever. Because, Hot take, Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> to quote SNL in that one skit. <laughs> but it's it's true because we're not seeing a lot of good writing in movies these days, which is really, mm-hmm. like, a bummer. <laughs> yeah. But, like, we're also getting some really great television, so I'm not complaining too much. But I don't really see an excuse for it. Writers are already some of the most underpaid people in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand why they can't afford someone who actually knows how to just write a decent story. And, you know, I I don't really know everything. Like, I don't know how much the writers are actually making it a mess. I don't know if the studios are sticking their fingers in and saying, oh, I want there to be a magical calendar. You know? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I just don't really think there's any excuse. Me neither. Because, like, just because people enjoy them as they are, doesn't mean that they can't be better. Yeah, and I I don't think that this is the arena to flex that Sharknado muscle where you're, like, trying to make something bad. No, definitely which, not. Which I don't think is what's happening with any of these movies, but I just, my fear is that that's where it will go, because I can even feel myself going that direction. Like, I genuinely enjoy these movies sometimes, if, mm-hmm. if they're the right ones, yeah. and they're good, you know, because sometimes they're enjoyable, fuck off you know like yeah sure <laughs> like so for me to to watch so many of these and to cackle at them mm-hmm. which like is fun in its own way and i'm okay sure. i'm okay with that happening sometimes that's that's part of the joy of this movie you know sometimes you read a romance novel fabio <laughs> where you're just like we don't this even is call it ridiculous. the, the book we just call it <laughs> fabio at this point it's like dario agenda's mistake yeah but like But I feel like in romance novels, it is so much easier to find a gem amidst the not-so-gemmy ones than it is to find, like, a good one of these. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's it's harder. So it bums me out because I can feel myself kind of sliding into that, like reveling in how bad it is when, like, I'm I'm rooting for these movies to be good. I Mm -hmm. really genuinely am. Yeah. And... There's a part of me that almost feels offended that the studios would keep making movies that are bad mm-hmm. because it, it almost seems like they don't respect their audience enough to yeah. like want to make good stuff. They're like, well, it doesn't matter if it's bad because people will watch it anyway. Right. Exactly. Well, maybe that's not the best philosophy if yeah. you're in the business of entertaining. That's exactly what's been bothering me the, the last couple of days because I keep thinking about like, as someone who, like, really does genuinely want to enjoy these movies, I mm-hmm. root for these movies. Like, it it sucks because it does feel like they are not putting in effort. Now, I, I don't want to, like, imply that people didn't put effort into these movies because I'm sure they did. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure a lot of people spent a lot of time and energy and tried to make these movies good. And, like, yeah, I don't want to... Um make it seem like I am throwing shade at any individual person who worked on this movie because I get it. They probably are doing the best they can with what they have to work with, Mm -hmm. you know, and you gotta put food on the table. So like, there's no shame in it. And also like, like you said, it could be what like the studios or producers or whatever are requesting because like the actors certainly don't have a say in what the script (laughs) says. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So like, I don't know. We could be completely off base, but like, it does feel like there are shades of like somebody higher up doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just churn out this crap, people will watch it. Yeah. Which feels so shitty. It does. 
So that that was that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, what else can you say? You know, yeah, I really am interested if anyone listening has seen any of these movies. If Jen's descriptions made the movies seem more comprehensible or cohesive mm-hmm. than they apparently were. I would be interested if other people watched these movies. And again, we reiterate... If you enjoyed these movies, I enjoyed these movies to a certain extent. I think that's fucking great. Yeah. Live your life. Live your truth. Yeah. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about A Christmas Prince, which we have both seen. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got some good good stuff in that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Optiot. That's O-P-T-I-O-T. And on Instagram at OptiotPod. And you can also find us at our website, OnePersonsTrashIsOurTreasure.com. I guess that about uh, wraps it up. Happy holiday season, everybody. And you're welcome for... A new episode of Optia. We know you've been waiting. <laughs> Six months. Oh, boy. You check in your podcast feed every day. Probably, yep. Every morning, just wake up. I'm sure everybody, everybody just like rolled out of bed and was like, oh, I gotta check Optia. Yeah. They gotta upload soon, right? Yeah. Okay. Any day now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>